Here we are, part two, Philippians chapter four, verse eight. And today we're going to talk about meditating on those things which are noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report and all the goodness of the word of God that we are to put our minds focused on and come into agreement with. I pray this teaching blesses you today. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real-life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another? They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ, and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello, we're back for Philippians 4 verses uh, 8. We're only just basically going to, we've been concentrating on just one verse, just because there are so many beautiful commands to go through on each one. We did one whole teaching just on meditating on truth and the importance of meditating on truth, especially in a day and age when truth is, we are told that truth is relative, that there's no absolute truth and truth. We have an absolute truth war going on in society. Now we're going to go and look at all the other commands that we have here. We're just going to go back and remind uh, ourselves of the fact that that word dwell in the new King James version, we use the word meditate on these things, but ESV and other versions, it's dwell on these things. And the actual Greek word, which we went over last time when we talked about truth is that word logomea. So that word literally means, it doesn't mean what we think when we think of meditate, where we empty our minds and we become completely still and, you know, no, it's actually the opposite. It's it's really taking your mind, the mind of Christ, the brain that has been given to you is taking your intellect, using critical thinking, using intellect and coming into agreement with these specific things that we're going to go through. When we think about that, this is being intentional. This is taking intentional time, being intentional about studying these things, being intentional about walking in these areas of life, being intentional of learning and growing in these areas. And so this is, this is intentional command by God through Paul on these different areas. Remember, Again, we were talking about with Paul, what he was doing was we had just, he had just come out of speaking about these two women that were in odds with, with one another. They had taken their eyes off Christ. They put in their eyes on their own desires, their own ego and earthly matters. And it, and it was 
it was risking the unity of the church, which was very concerning to Paul. This church is such a beautiful church in Philippi. They have a heart of love, generosity. They, they did not succumb to the false teachings and false teachers. You know, he loved this church very much, but he knew that this church could potentially be taken down by disunity. So remember, he tells us, get our minds back on Christ. Remember that your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These petty things that you're fighting about, it's not worth it. You know, you are worrying and having anxiety about things that don't matter. God already has it all under control. He teaches us then about anxiety, how to take it to prayer, to trust God with everything, and then he's going into, and you really need to be meditating on these things. You need to be concentrating and dwelling and coming into agreement with the with the scriptures in these areas of life, starting with truth. What is truth? And so truth is the absolute word of God, who God has revealed himself to be, and what he has asked of us as servants to also be as well. Whatever the Bible talks about, whatever the Bible tells and commands us to do, we must love the truth, obey the truth, defend the truth, and walk in truth. Jesus says, those that love me will obey me. So let's do this again. Verse eight, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, dwell on these things. That word reckon, we talked about reckon where Paul had used that in Romans six, where he was talking about, we must come into agreement. We must reckon our minds that we are dead to sin. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your thoughts. It's not about the goosebumpies. It's not about if it works for you, it doesn't work for you. It's what is the truth. And that's what we need to come into agreement with. You got to come in agreement with the word of God. What is that? How's that look for the word noble? That word noble is a word of honorable, whatever is dignified, whatever is serious with purpose. We must come into agreement with that. This word is only used, I think like three other times it was used in Timothy and Titus to describe somebody who was being looked at to be an elder. They must be noble. They must be dignified, have self-respect, be somebody that you can say is an honorable person. They have a heavenly mindset. They're intentional with their life. They're intentional with how they dress, how they, how they talk, um, how they're presenting themselves to the world. They are a dignified person. They're an honorable person. They're a person of character and integrity what they're faithful. They carry the, the the fragrance of the bouquet of the fruit of the spirit. It was just Galatians five. They walk in that love, that joy, that peace, that goodness, kindness, gentleness, uh, self-control, these attributes, because they're honorable people. They, they don't, they're not stealing. They're not lying. They're not conniving. They're not teaching false things. They, they're living a peaceable, honorable, God-fearing life. And so we want to meditate on those things. We want to say, are, am I dignified in my speech? Is my speech dignified? Am I representing God in my speech? The way that I present myself to the world, is it is it dignified? Is it honorable? Can people say that about me? Do I have a heavenly mindset? Am I intentional in the things that I'm doing? Do I have self-respect? Do I have self-respect, which then commands a respect by others towards me because I'm honorable? 
I, I am, I am walking with integrity. I walk with great character. I walk as Christ walked, not perfectly by any means, but that is a commandment that we are to walk as he walked. So he walked with honorable, with honorable. He walked in integrity. Christ was dignified. He had a, he had good speech and um, I don't mean speech as an eloquent speaker, though I'm sure he was because he was a great teacher and he commanded that. But I mean, like he didn't cuss and tell dirty jokes and those kind of things. So the next one is the word just, whatever is just meditate on that, dwell on that, come into agreement with things that are just means keeping the commands of God. It's talks about being, uh, you know, to, to have good morals, to be a righteous person. That word just could also be interchanged with righteous to walk in holiness and righteousness, loving things that are just meditating on the things that are just many things, meditating on things that are true, meditating on things that are right in God's eyes is a really good way to look at it. Cause when we think of the word just, or to be justified, it means that we are, we are made right with God. We are made holy before God. And so we are now right with him. It's that legal term. We know that God is just, this is one of another one of God's attributes. He is a just God. He is a righteous God. He is uh, perfect in his stature. He has perfect morals. We want to be somebody who has right thinking that thinks the way that God thinks that has come into agreement with the morality and the morals of God. If God says something is a sin, then it is a sin. And we have to come into agreement with that. We must dwell on that, come into agreement, reckon our lives to that. So I, if I am professing to be a born again Christian, then I need to, and the Bible says that I am not to have sex outside of marriage, then I am commanded here to reckon my mind, the truth with that in, in my life. I must say, God has commanded that we are not to have sex outside of the marriage covenant. We are not to defile the marriage bed. Therefore, I am going to meditate on that, dwell on that, come into agreement with that truth. And that is now going to become a reality of my life that God has called that immoral and he has called that a sin. And so I am not to have immorality in my life. And so I'm coming into agreement with what the word of God says, and I'm going to pluck out that sin in my life. I'm repenting, confessing it, repenting, and I'm going to make every measure to protect myself from that temptation, from that sin. I think that this would also be a good one for like pornography. Um, you know, obviously all the sins, but I, I want to say when I'm, since I'm talking about sexual immorality and having sex outside of marriage, I want to throw pornography in there because we do have an epidemic inside the church with pornography. It's such a very hidden sin and it's a sin. It's not hidden from God, but it can be easily hidden from others. And we need to get that rectified and we need to come into agreement with what the word of God says, starting with truth, walking dignified with self-respect, self-respect. We're not going to be watching pornography, self-respected person who has self-respect is not going to be giving their body up to a man or a woman outside of the marriage bed. They are, they are going to be honorable to God and they're honoring the marriage bed. We're called to honor the marriage bed. Think on, meditate on, and come into agreement with those things which are just morally right. The next one is pure. 
Pure means not carnal. We are to be chaste or modest and we're to be clean. We're pure. We're not carnally minded. We're not walking in carnality. The flesh is not ruling us. In that purity, we have a modesty about us, not just a modesty in our appearance that is very important. And it's not about, you know, obviously we don't want to cause you know, our brothers to stumble. And that's a whole nother conversation, but for self-respect, dignity ought to be honorable. You want to present yourself as a woman or a daughter of the King. And so you want to have a modesty about you where you are clothing your body to not be looked at in a, with sex, in, with sexuality. Now, if someone looks at you with sexuality, listen, I'm of the mindset That a man, if he has problems with lust, he's going to lust after you, whether you are wearing a, whether you were wearing a turtleneck and a skirt down to your ankles, just as much as he is going to lust after you. If you're wearing yoga pants and a halter top. Now, I don't think we should be walking out of the house with, you know, our, a bunch of skin showing. I think we need to cover our bodies. Our bodies are for our husband. They're for our mates. And so that's a whole nother topic, but we do need to think and meditate on that, come into agreement. What would God say is pure? What would God say is pure in our, in our dress? What would God say is pure in our speech? Do we have pure speech or do we justify cussing? Do we justify telling dirty jokes? Do we justify um, telling lies and not having a, a pure speech about us? What do we justify in as far as the things that we watch on television? Are we, are our activities pure? Do we listen to the pure music, music that Jesus would sit down and listen to with with you? Do we watch movies and programs that Jesus would sit down and eat popcorn with you? That's why I always say, what I'm getting ready to watch, could Jesus come and sit next to me and could we share a tub of popcorn together while we're watching this? Or would I be like, oh, sorry, Jesus. Oh, I I didn't realize that word was all, oh, sorry, Jesus. Oh, cover your eyes, Jesus. Don't want to see that part. Because at the end of the day, Christ lives in you and he lives in me. And so we have to be very careful what we're yoking up with, right? We talked about this in the teaching, uh, uh, earlier teaching. I think the yoga teaching is when we talked about what, what are we yoking Christ up with? We want to be men and women uh, with pure speech, pure conduct. We are to be holy as he is holy. And so really pay attention to the purity of your life in every aspect from your pure speech to how we dress the activities and entertainment that we're involved in. We want to walk in that cleanliness and that purity. Now we're not trying to be legalistic, pray about it. Let the Holy spirit show you where there might still be things that are just not pure in your life. Things that have just, we have not laid down at the cross yet. And we all have things. We live in Babylon. We all have distractions. None of us are perfect. And we're all in that same sanctification. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're all growing together. As we learn the word, as we're going line by line, verse by verse here, we're all going to be convicted. Trust me, I'm going through this before you guys. I'm like convicted all over the places. I'm going back through these scriptures and learning and Holy Spirit's dealing with me. So don't think I'm coming with uh, this. um, I've got it all together. I'm pure. I'm noble. I'm just, I truth. I have it all. No, I am being sanctified right along with you sisters. And together we are being transformed by God's word. The next word is called, it's a, it's lovely. Meditate on that, which is lovely. This word is only used one time right here in the new Testament. We don't see this word anywhere else. 
we know, again, like we had said, he was dealing with some disunity that could be coming into the church. And so I kind of loved some of the things that kind of came through here. We need to be agreeable. We need to be pleasing to other people. So to me, I thought of thinking of others greater than ourselves. And that's what was not happening with these two women. They were not thinking of themselves greater than each other. They wanted, they were insisting on their own way. They wanted their preferences and their desires. And so what was coming down? So what it was coming down to is they weren't loving each other as first Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight commands us to love one another and the way that we love one another and love is an action. And so this word lovely really means to concentrate on the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, concentrate on the fact that you are to love one another. Christ loved you so much that he came and died for you. And now we love him and we love his bride. And so that we need to come into agreement and meditate on love. That is what it means to meditate on love, meditate on unity, meditate on how we can love each other better. And so I did a teaching on uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, went went through each one of those. And so when that comes out, I really uh, encourage you to um, go and and, and really do that. And uh, there'll be some journal prompts with that and really take the test on whether or not you're truly loving your brothers and sisters. The other one is of good rapport. This is another one where this is not used anywhere else. And it just means to be, you know, to meditate on things that are well spoken of, to meditate on things that are, you know, our thought life is elevated to scripture, to meditate on, you know, having our minds, having our minds really set on the word of God to things that are of good rapport, things that are, um, of, of sound truth, things that are just and pure and noble. And, and that is the word of God to really just be elevated to, uh, the truth of the word in our speech, um, in, in how we conduct ourselves, how we love people, how we talk to people, how we treat people. And it really can go back to that first Corinthians 13, four through eight. And again, he says, meditate on these things that are virtuous. Again, that purity, that nobility, that righteousness, things that are morally correct. And these are praiseworthy, worthy things. When you're, when you're walking in truth, that is such, that is beautiful worship unto the Lord. When you're walking with nobility and dignity and you're walking in, um, you know, good, more you have, you have good morals you are walking with pure speech and in purity and in love. These things are praiseworthy. You know, God's going to praise us for them and we should praise one another, you know, not lifting each other up in a prideful way, but just acknowledging that we're growing and that, that we're, we're examples. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we should be able to say that to one another. Can I imitate you? You know, if I'm watching your life, are you somebody I want to be an example of? Do I see the Christ in you? And I want to walk in that Christ likeness that you have. Are you meditating on these things or are you meditating and dwelling on the things of the world? Things that are evil, things that are corrupt, things that are um, despicable, things that the enemy is doing. You know, where are, where are you spending your time, talent, and treasure? Are you spending it watching the news? Are you spending it watching uh, all the conspiracy theories? Are you spending it watching just all the death and killing? And are we meditating on this ugliness of this world and the destruction of things? Or are we truly meditating on things which are pure, 
the things that are true, which is God's word, things that are lovely, which is loving one another and, and loving God and, and getting out there and loving people, loving the lost. These are the things there. You, you are always in a constant war between the sin that still dwells in you and the, the Holy spirit that it, that now possesses you, that you have been redeemed from this corrupt world. And so wherever you set your mind to, that's, what's going to come out. Uh, very often we hear that saying garbage in garbage out. Steve used to say that growing up, uh, to, to the kids all the time, you know, mama Kelly, who's part of our ministry, we just love her so much. And she says it all the time, garbage in garbage out. That is what we're talking about here in verse eight. If you're just constantly filling yourself up with the evils of the world, the garbage of the world, cussing, sexual immorality, you know, all these things that nailed Jesus to the cross. Well, what do you think is going to come out of you? That kind of stuff is going to come out, especially when your fruit is pressed. You can probably hide it for two hours on a Sunday because we've all learned how to wear a mask. But in daily life, when fruit is pressed, when things are hard, what really comes out? What comes out of the man? That's what defiles him, right? That's what's in the heart. The wicked, that, that, that's what comes out of the mouth. That's how you know what's really going on on the inside. Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flows the springs of life. We need to guard our hearts with the word of God. We need to watch over our heart. What is What are we allowing to come into our life, our thought life, our emotional life? It really does affect us emotionally, physically, mentally, what we allow in really does affect every aspect of our life. And so I encourage you to meditate on God's word, to dwell on God's word, to come into agreement with the word of God. When something that's not pure and not lovely and not moral comes into your life and is trying to take your thoughts captive, is trying to take the members of your body captive and use them for unrighteousness, as it talks about in, in um, Romans 6, immediately take that thought captive. We are told to take our thoughts captive to the word of God and go, it is written that I am not to participate in that. It is written that I am to have a chaste and modest conduct, Proverbs 31. It is written that I am not to have filthy and coarse speech. That's Galatians. It is written, right? And we just say, it is written. We take that thought captive and say, no, I'm going to think on that, which is pure. I'm going to think on those things that are lovely. I'm going to think on those things that are just things that please God, things that are worthy of praise to God. And that's where I'm going to set my mind. And we all have a thought life that is absolutely wicked and filthy and disgusting and putrid. And oh my goodness, this thought life is just like proof that the sin still dwells in me. Satan is always whispering stuff. The sin nature is whispering stuff. It's it, I'm living in Babylon. So I see stuff, but I just take it captive right then and there and say, that is not from the Lord. That is not pure. That is not lovely. That is not noble. That is immoral. That is corrupt. And I do not come into agreement with that. I come into agreement with the word of God says, and then I'll repeat scripture to back up the truth of the word versus the lie that's trying to take a hold of my thought life. And so let's do that. That will help give you that peace beyond your own understanding. It'll help you have that joy in every circumstance. It's going to clean up the anxiety and depression and the things that can kind of take a hold of us emotionally. 
When we start really dwelling on, meditating on God's word, it transforms our lives. It did mine and God is no respecter of man. His, his word is alive and active and will not return void. We just have to become intentional sisters. We have to become intentional in our, in our love walk come intentional in our, in our biblical studies and walk, come intentional in our prayer walk, our worship and the fellowshipping of the saints. It's very important that you are with a body of believers that love the word of God, that love Jesus and want to live out a life of holiness submitted to the word of God, submitted to one another in the fear of God. And so all of these things come together. It's, it's, we, we need all the aspects of Christianity, which Christ has died for the, the bride that he has put together, the church that he has put together and he has built, and we need to be submitted to all of those things. And so, Lord, I just ask father that, you know, as we are growing and learning, and as we are being sanctified and refined by your fire, that you would just continue to train us, equip us, show us where we are not walking in the things that are noble. We're not walking um, morally just before you, where, where there's still impurity in our life and where, there, where we're not loving one another the way that we are called to. We're not, we're not walking in unity or we are not, you know, elevating our thought life to the scriptures or we're, we're allowing you know, just immoral things to corrupt, whether it's in our thought life, whether we're, we're exposing ourselves to it, whether we're participating in it with our members, father, we are asking, we want to live a life that is praiseworthy. We want to live a life that truly worships you with our lives. As you talk about in Romans 12, one and two, that we are to be worshipers with our life, laying our lives at the altar of God, being transformed, being and leaving the, the things of this world behind and really concentrating and focusing on the heavenly things and be heavenly minded. Help us to watch over our hearts with all diligence and intention, Father, because we want whatever we're putting in to be able to flow out freely and be a refreshing living water to others. As Paul says, I poured my life out like a cup offering. We want to be able to do that. But if we are filling ourselves up with impurity, and ungodliness, then that's what's going to flow out of us. And we want to be good examples of Christ and who he is. And so father, help us to continue to do that. Holy spirit, continue to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us, to convict us, to encourage us, and to continue to just grow us in our sanctification so that we become mature believers in Christ. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. Have a great day. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, Don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.